welcome to Two Bye Guys. I am Rob, and I'm here today with an adult performer and content creator. He has been called the king of bisexual porn. We'll see if he likes that title or not. Uh, Wolf Hudson, welcome to Two Bye Guys. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. It's nice to meet you. So last year, we interviewed uh, Dante Cole and Michael Del Rey towards the end of the season. So I th- they're also two bisexual porn stars. So I think this is going to be a tradition of uh, interviewing bi-male porn stars at the end of every season. Um, I th- in some ways, this whole podcast is my excuse to do that. Well, it's usually, you know, the, the bi-porn guys are the most visible. So it almost seems natural to have us. Wait, but what do you mean by that? You're more visible the, like these days? Because it has been invisible before. Well, in terms of like you're not seeing a lot of high profile or public figures, male in particular, who are bisexual, pansexual or what have you. Yeah. So you, you're now seeing more visibility with adult performers. This is true. You know, I get messages all the time just saying thank you for being so you know, visible and, and being Dominican and being so present and we don't see that representation. So, you know, if it starts with us, hopefully it goes up to more people. You're right. I do think it's become more visible. And, and it also is why I think that porn is actually very important to the discussion of male bisexuality or all bisexuality, because I think like for me and many bi men, porn was actually the way that we discovered or explored attractions to people of the same gender before we were ready to to do that in the real world it's like a safe way to to you know look into these things and see how we like them so so i think it's so important to the conversation before we get deeper into that stuff what are your pronouns how do you identify on on whatever spectrums you want whatever labels you use um i identify as he him And in terms of labels, I mean, I am bisexual, but I also identify as heteroflexible or heteroromantic. But again, you know, it's uh, labels for me are very much unique to oneself. I don't want to put labels on anyone. So if someone chooses not to identify with a label, that's cool. If you want to, that's awesome. So that's the way I identify. Cool. And so take us back to when you first sort of realized you might not be straight. Like, when was that? How did you know that? Like, what was that development like? I think that, well, for instance, I never came out of the closet because I was never in. It was more of a, I just did things just to do it. It just didn't seem weird. Like when I started porn, I started in straight porn and it wasn't until one of the female talent told me, do you do gay porn? Oh, you could be making so much more money doing that. And I hadn't thought about it, but I'm like, well, yeah, well, why not? So it, it, it wasn't that uh, weird. And once I tried it, I started to like it. I started to enjoy it, but I, but I didn't enjoy it fully in the sense that I felt that I was limited, the same way I was limited with just women. And I think over time it was like, well, why not combine the two? Hmm. And that's really where I started to realize, oh, okay, I'm not exactly straight. Interesting. Tell me more about what you mean by limited. Like if you were in one side or the other that you're kind of siloed in there? Yeah, like sexually, physically, you know, you get the pleasure from a woman, you get the pleasure from a man, 
but you always want to add something else. At least for me, it was like I wanted to have that experience of unifying both because both are great individually, but together it would be explosive. And so when I finally got the chance to do that, it was like, oh, well, of course. Yeah, this is right. Interesting. I have actually more questions about that, but I want to save them. Um, <laughs> so was porn like that, the shoots that you're talking about when you tried doing shooting gay porn, was that the first time you were with men in, in a sexual way? Correct. Yeah, that oh, was the first time. So I had no clue if it would work or not. For me, I, I just I kind of have that sort of philosophy of try everything once. If you don't like it, mm-hmm. then don't do it again. And sometimes, sometimes you try it and, and you don't like it, but maybe it's the way it was made or the way uh-huh. it was presented. So if you try it a different way, oh, it could be pleasurable. But normally, if I don't like something, I don't do it. But if I do, then hey. It's actually very similar to what Dante told us last time that like, you know, trying to make more money doing gay porn opened him up to that. How how old were you when that happened? Oh, gosh, I was 21, 21. And I was gonna say now I'm 36. So I've had a long period to experiment. It's funny because, like, I, I mean, I wish I had experimented back then. I think I only just started watching some of this kind of porn, like, after that, in my probably my mid-20s. But I was drawn to this type of porn that actually is, like, about what you're talking about, sort of an authentic experience. And I never knew if it was real or staged, but the first kind of gay porn I watched was straight guys going gay or gay for pay like that concept was very hot to me and so you you actually lived it like did you shoot that kind of stuff or were you shooting as if you were acting like a gay man or like you had done it before i never acted either i never acted gay and i never acted like a straight guy i for me it was i'm committing to doing an act just do it. It's the same way in straight porn. I'm not acting like I'm straight. I'm just being connecting with the person. And, and and I think that some people, maybe it's because of their brand, they have to emphasize a certain attitude, a certain personality. For me, it's I'm giving you myself and this is how I express myself. So when, you know, I've been classified as gay for pay and, and I think that is suitable only because I'm not gay. But, you know, I don't go into it saying, oh, yeah, I'm just going to be the super straight guy and, and it's going to be good. No, I'm having gay sex. So however you identify mm-hmm. outside of the camera, once you're there, you're having gay sex. So yeah. shut up, do it, right. and, and give a performance. Well, and a lot of the, the scenes you've done and stuff you've talked about is like, more about just the actual act and the actual sex as opposed to like creating a storyline around it is that with, like, like like with my content yeah right yeah. is that is that accurate do you prefer that to like the sort of storylines and more scripted stuff oh absolutely i mean as a performer one it's less work i don't want to put people through it cuz a lot of performers are not actors and and there's nothing more awkward than to see performers try to act and and put them in these situations where it's long, it's exhausting, there's so many takes. And for me, as a porn consumer, I'm not watching the storyline. That's just not for me. That, 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 that is true for other people, and that's great. 
-hmm. For me, it's not. And when I shoot porn, at least my content, I don't care for the, 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 the mechanics of it, the technical aspects of it. And I think when I decided to do this full on, I wanted to show it in its true representation. I didn't want to open up to the camera. I didn't want any acting for the camera. I just mm -hmm. wanted people who were into each other to experience this, especially for the performer who was experiencing it for the first time. Uh -huh. You know, I wanted them to be completely immersed in this bisexual aura and have it be just about that and not about the camera. Interesting. Okay, I'll have more questions about that later too. But take us back a minute to when you first started. How did you decide to do that? Like, what what led you to, to getting in there? Were you nervous or scared about it? No. What was it like at the beginning? I mean, one is always nervous when they're trying something new and, and something they haven't done. But I'll tell you this much. Once the camera turned on, it was, for me, it was so natural. I've always been an entertainer before porn. I was already doing acting. I was already doing dancing. And so for me, that was an area that was very comforting, that was, that was very natural. So doing porn, although it's not something that I had ever anticipated doing, came very naturally to me because I like performing and I am an exhibitionist mm -hmm. too by nature. So taking off my clothes is like, oh, totally. I'm getting paid for this. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So then, so you did straight porn first, then tried gay porn, liked yeah. it, felt comfortable. And then what happened? Um, and then, you know, I, I did really good in, in, on the gay side. I was, I started in New York and moved to San Francisco made a name for myself for the next couple of years. And then I decided that I wanted to pursue straight porn again, mm -hmm. only to find out that once you do gay porn, you can't switch over to, to, gay, uh, to straight porn. And that was a big slap in the face. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm just doing my job. I'm having sex with people. Like, why is this an issue? And the issue was HIV. It, the, 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 really? the, 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 the stigma of HIV and you know, gay men having HIV, oh, I'm gonna catch HIV, and people not fully understanding what HIV actually is and how it transmits. And, you know, the, it, it, it was a rough, you know, journey to go through that. And I, and, I, and I went through all these like trials and tribulations. I said, I'm not gonna change my name because a lot of guys that do both have different stage names, they hide it. I was like, I'm gonna be as transparent as possible. And I want people to accept me and know that I am coming into this for real. I'm not going to change myself for anyone. And hopefully that sort of transparency would be the beginning of chipping down the wall. Yeah. But it came at a price uh, to the point where the industry had basically turned their back on me. I wasn't getting hired. There were certain points where like if someone became HIV positive, who later found out that they had done both, I would be completely blacklisted and ostracized. Wow. So by 2006, after doing it for 10 years, I felt that there was nothing more I can do. I, I became jaded. It started feeling more like work and not this fun experience for me. So I said, I'm out. Wow. It's, it, isn't, that, isn't it kind of crazy? I mean, I know the stigma exists in real life too and in porn, yeah. but aren't you getting tested if you're shooting with real producers? That's the irony of it. It's like, right. <laughs> so what's, what's the point of getting tested if the test does not apply equally? Right, right. The whole point of getting tested is to test 
for an STI. And you're only as good as your last test. So anything can happen in between. And I'm not here to judge what performers are doing off camera, but performers are doing things off camera. Not everyone, of course, but we're holding each other to a standard that, listen, we're, we're, we're going to be honorable and we're going to be uh, safe with ourselves and with the people that we're engaging with. So these are the protocols that we're going to take. So to throw me into this, well, it doesn't apply to you. It's like, then you're, you're what you're saying is testing is irrelevant. Right. We're just going to go with our stereotype, you know, the stereotypes and the stigma. Right. And so, and so the, to their point is, well, gay porn doesn't test, you know, it's like, well, they use condoms at the time it was, it was condoms, but they don't test. I'm like, correct, that is true, but I'm getting tested regardless to shoot a straight porn scene. Right. So if I am good, then I'm good. Cause, right. But when I get tested the next day, I get my results. If, if there was anything, I can't shoot. Right. And those tests so, are pretty accurate, I think. Right. No, they are. <laughs> so so the, when it comes down to it is a lot of it is the the stigma and 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 the sort of bigoted feeling that people have in the ignorance but a lot of it has to do with business and agents they only care about the overall and it's making money and their the female talent is their assets they don't want anything or anyone that they would consider a liability to interfere with their money flow mm-hmm. so they want to cut it mm-hmm. at the root of it not fully understanding what it is they're talking about. They don't understand. If, if HIV was an issue, you know you have to worry about is the person who's not getting tested. Right. A, pers- a person who's HIV positive, who's on their medication, cannot transmit HIV. Period. Right. right. You, no matter what you do, but that understanding is either not available in the industry and those that do understand it don't want to accept it as a fact. And I'm also on PrEP and even that is still not a concept that people understand. It's crazy. It's like 99.99% effective or something. And like Right. So you talk about a guy, someone who's HIV positive who can't transmit and you have somebody who's on prep. I mean, right. <laughs> what are we really talking about here? Do you think that stigma still persists today or has it changed uh, a little bit in the last 10 years or not? It hasn't changed one wow. single bit. Wow. Not a single bit. Wow. I mean, I have certainly changed people's views just by having these conversations. Mm-hmm. But as an overall industry on the straight side, no, that it hasn't changed. Wow, that's crazy. Well, but what has changed, which is a good thing, is that it seems like the market for buy porn, and we'll talk about what that really means, is growing in the last few years. And partially thanks to you and the other visible by porn stars who are making that happen. Thank you. So how did that happen? Like, so you kind of were were fed up around 2006, took a break. What, what happened? 2016. Next? Oh, 2016. Oh, yeah. So that was pretty recently. So so then what happened? Well, I at that point, I, I was determined I'm not coming back to porn. I was fully retired, which is always funny to say you're retired. And I was uh, pursuing other endeavors. I wanted to be a voiceover actor. And I started taking improv and just really like starting from scratch and creating this new life for myself. And around the same time, my mother 
uh, was diagnosed with cancer and she was uh, battling it in many different forms for a couple of years uh, to the point where by the time I retired, um, I was taking care of her. So I took care of her up until her death. And, you know, I was trying to figure out what exactly I, I wanted to do because I was going through this, this grief, but I had no interest in doing anything that was creative. It just mentally wasn't there. So long story short, I started working out. I had no sex drive, but I started working out, getting into shape as a form of dealing with my grief. And then finally, you know, I did have a sex drive and I said to myself, well, I don't want to go out and date. That's just, that seems too complicated right now. <laughs> what can I do to get it quickly? Well, I said, oh, I can just do a couple of porn shows. Well, I don't want to do straight. I don't want to do gay because of the politics. I saw a gay, uh, sorry, bi porn coming into play and I was like, oh, I could do that. Sure. This so I hit up the director who was predominantly shooting it. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And so people thought I came back, but I didn't. I was like, no, no, I'm only doing this for fun. I'm the, don't try to book me. If I want to do it, I'll let you know. Um, which was kind of flattering too, that people were like, oh, you're back. Uh -huh. But, um, and I started doing these. And then long story short, I, towards the end of 2018, when I came back, I had a couple that I had played with. They said, hey, do you want to shoot content, some buy content? And I'm like, yeah, sure. But for me, it was like, yeah, I'll just have fun with them. I don't know what I'm going to do with this content. And then there was another couple that hit me up too. So I was like, huh. I threw it on Pornhub, not really thinking much. I, I had a, a, a POV blowjob with a girl. That was crickets. But when I put on the, the buy stuff, it blew up. The first one just blew up. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. And then I posted the second one, and that one got even bigger response. And I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. You know? And then it got to the point where I got the chance to do another one on a set after I finished shooting. And when I posted that one, it, it got such a massive response. I said, okay, I think I might have something here. Let me try to film a couple of these to actually sell thinking it's not going to sell, but let me see. Uh -huh. And I posted two and it was selling like hotcakes. I mean, people just wow. couldn't get enough. Wow. And I was like, okay, now I'm back. Wow. Interesting. So, and is that, do you think different than a while ago, the interest in this kind of porn? Uh, yeah. I mean, seeing the audience being interested because from my understanding was that buy porn did not sell. Right. A lot of the buy features from back in the day, they always had different genres in a buy movie. So you would have like two buy scenes, a gay scene, a straight scene, and a lesbian scene to complete it so you can market it to different people. Uh -huh. So like in the short term, it doesn't sell, but in the long term, it does. Uh -huh. So there was that philosophy that buy porn did not sell at all. But clearly with the response that I was receiving from people, that wasn't the case. If anything, what I noticed was... Not only was there an appetite, people were finally happy that they were viewing the buy porn that I was making in a way that truly reflected how they wanted to watch it, how they wanted to experience it, or how they had been experiencing it. Uh -huh. And I think that was the, the, the kind of like the, the nail in the coffin for me to know that, okay, this is something, there are a lot more buy people out there and let me try to shoot more of these yeah. but i did not shoot them 
in a way that was catering to people. I shot it the way it fulfilled me and it fulfilled other people yeah. in the assumption that if it fulfills me, it'll fulfill somebody else. Interesting. I mean, it definitely makes it more authentic, which I think you can tell. Yeah. So these are like sort of it's reflecting what people's fantasies are or maybe their experiences. It, most of the time when you talk about bi-porn, I think most people think of an MMF threesome. Is that is that sort of essentially what it is or is there more than that that sort of counts as bi-porn? Well, there's a difference between two guys and a woman and in like in a straight scene and two guys and a woman in a bi scene. So in a bi scene, it's MMF because uh-huh. male, male and a female is together. But when it's straight, it's MFM. Oh, that's the difference. So the and, same and, and, group of people can be considered straight or bi, depending on sort of how they're interacting it, with each other, right? It depends on how they're interacting. So you could say it's bi if they're DPing a woman, if there's two cocks. Uh, going into a vagina, one could say that is bisexual because what straight man would do that? I personally don't believe that one can discount if they identify as straight and that is a straight act because the focus is on her. Uh-huh. You know, the fact that they're, they're, they're touching her dicks is irrelevant because that's not where they're deriving their pleasure. Uh-huh. Um, but one could see it as that. And I think for a lot of guys, that that sort of content has been a great avenue for them to enjoy that sort of bi curiosity Mm. because it's not fully bi it's still straight but it's just enough to give them a little something right that idea of like sharing something with your buddy is like hot in some way that you don't have to say it's bi it's within the oh and their balls are touching oh my god oh my god right 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 but it's still straight so i can i can i can watch it it's not wrong you know it plays into that whole kind of you know, guilt over the sexuality, you know, and to a large degree, porn is that you have porn where people are watching it to celebrate their own sexuality. And you have people that are watching it because they are repressed and this adds to it. So it's a double edged sword in a lot of ways. And I'm not oblivious to that. Right. It's like the safe way to try things out or just sort of see how something might feel. And it's tell me if you agree with this. I have this theory that like, there's a category of kind of you you called yourself heteroflexible sometimes as a label i think that there's a group of mostly straight men or guys who identify as straight but are interested in a little bit of exploration just just absolutely. a little absolutely yeah absolutely and and the same thing with uh gay men who like to sometimes explore with other women uh-huh. you know it's i think that sexuality is just too damn fluid to confine it it's bisexuality i think uh there's so many different levels i mean it's kind of like the kinsey scale Mm -hmm. i I think it's probably the most true representation of people it can just kind of go either way i think that straight people and gay people are in the minority you know And, and and i also fight back against people that say that oh there's no such thing as being straight everybody's bi i'm like no that's that's not true you can't invalidate that the Uh same way you're being invalidated for being yourself i believe there is that right but i also believe that there are a lot of people who tend to lean a certain way in the traditional way and they grab onto that because even though they enjoy the same sex it's not to the same degree as with the opposite sex yeah i totally agree 
I totally agree. I think I think both ends of the spectrum exist, and I think there's many people somewhere in the middle. I think there's a ton of people close to one side or the other, but not yeah. not fully there who want to explore. At the end of the day, who cares? Like, yeah, you know, well, yeah. it's love who you love, have sex with who you want. Because when people are like, "Well, I can't do that," I was like, hey, "Well, if you don't like gay sex, then don't have gay sex." Right. Well, I also you don't like gay marriage. Don't have don't get gay married. Right. And I also loved what you said about sort of like trying something once and seeing how you like it, because I think so many people are kind of afraid of that idea, because if you try something once, it makes you gay. Like you cross a line and you can't. And, and so what? Well, <laughs> and yeah, so right. what if it makes you gay? It's like, what are we so scared about? It's like guys that don't enjoy butt play with their girl. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, that's too gay. It's like. How is it gay for her to play with your butt? What makes it gay is if a man plays with it. Right. You know? <laughs> it was like, oh, I won't have sex with a trans woman. That's gay. Um, that's a woman. That's a woman. If, you, yeah. if, if, if it was in the physical cis male appearance, then yes, that would be gay. And, but so what if it is? What are you so afraid of? Yeah, no, I know. I, it's funny. I had like never tried butt play until I started exploring with men and came out as bi but it's like it's not based on gender it's like it's kind of crazy how we categorize it that way and it's really great like it's something that i'm so glad that i explored because it's fun and it feels good but i'm i'm currently on a mission to get my straight friends to try some anal play with mostly with their wives uh that's my new mission (laughs) You know what? I, I it's you're doing God's work, and I don't believe in <laughs> God, you, but you are. I I, I I get so many girls, so many women that come to me. It's like, how can I get my guy to get rimmed or get a finger or all these things? And I try to teach them little tricks as as best as I can. And for me, whenever someone is so adamant and so vocal, especially when unprovoked. That to me leads me to believe they want it. <laughs> they want it so yeah. bad. They're trying to sell yeah. me something yeah. that I wasn't even interested in buying. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I just think if everyone tried getting rimmed, who's never done it, they they would like it. It's, I mean, what's not to like about it? It's like it's, it, it's indescribable. But here's the thing: some people don't enjoy it. I, I've I've oh, been really? with partners that don't enjoy butt play oh. of any kind, and no, like they've done it, and it just wasn't pleasurable. And that's okay. At least they can say they have done it, yeah. and they don't like it. Right. And nothing. But if you've never done it, how do you know? Right. And it, and at least they tried it, and nothing terrible is going to happen to you. If you don't like something, you'll realize you don't like it. It's not like you're yeah. you're a different person or something. It might be too ticklish or you get no sensation from it. There's yeah. no pleasure. Yeah. And that's totally fine. I mean, everybody has different sexual appetites. Yeah. But one has to try it to know if they like it or they don't. Right. Exactly. And, rep- and repressing your feelings about a, you know, a, a physical desire, you're limiting yourself to so many good things. Agreed. You mentioned earlier about this sort of magic that can happen in bi-porn or in a threesome that it's different than just having one one or the other. You know, I, I can't say that I have experienced an MMF threesome in real life yet, although it's something I'm very interested in. But so far, the only times I've been in a group sex situation were with only men. So what, from your experience, like, what is it about that situation that that is really like 
unique or different or exciting? Like for people that haven't experienced it, what do you like about it? Um, for me, I enjoy, first of all, having sex with multiple people. I think that's pleasurable to, you know, have all these different uh, personalities in one place and enjoying each other and knowing that everybody's into each other. Yeah. I think that's that's really neat. Yeah. I like that both cis men and cis women bring on different energies that are uniquely male and female. And even if they are non-binary, there's just different energies that come into play that I find appealing. Like I love femininity and masculinity. And sometimes you might have a woman who's masculine and a man who's feminine. And I, and I still enjoy the, the, the difference in the energies. I enjoy the, the feel of a woman's body and a man's body. The genitalia is, you know, I get to enjoy a pussy and a cock. They're both different, but they're, they both bring out something pleasurable and something unique. And when I get to share it with someone, there's just, I don't know, I can't describe it. There's something very thrilling. And I love, especially with a woman, because it's so taboo for a guy to do that. When you see a woman who is not only embracing it, she's encouraging it. Mm -hmm. And she's to totally turned on by it. That, to me, is such a huge drive. Because yeah. I'm also a, a pleaser. I love, I love satisfying a partner. It turns me on. And we can go to town yeah. so seeing that sort of dynamic is is remarkable and i think that once i discovered that that was a thing for me i wanted to pursue it in the best way possible and i wanted to hone it in a way that i can sort of be an expert with people who have never tried it because having a threesome is not the easiest thing in the world yeah you know, you have to cater to people. You have to find the right dynamic where somebody doesn't feel left out, where everybody feels included and not excluded. And and if you don't know what you're doing, it can get really messy. Mm -hmm. And because I enjoy it so much, I've, I've sort of, you know, trained myself to kind of deal with that and make sure that everybody feels welcome and feels safe and are free to leave their inhibitions behind. Mm -hmm. I like what you said about getting turned on by women who are turned on by two men together. Because I think right. like I was so afraid for so long that if I hooked up with a guy, women wouldn't like that and would think I was gross or something and wouldn't want to be with me. And so one of the, the best things since coming out has been finding the women who think it's hot and some of and there's the, a lot and there's a lot there's more than you would think and 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 some of the best sex i've had with women has been after i came out because right. the no you know the knowledge of that the shared knowledge just right. turned both of us on so much um right so i i like that i don't have a question but have you, do you no you know? <laughs> I, I i was going to mention that the popularity of my bi porn, you would think it'd be primarily from men, but it's actually women. Really? Interesting. Women, yeah, it's it's been this sort of phenomenon for me. Like, yeah, there's just so many women that are into it that have always fantasized about it, but a lot of them don't speak about it huh. because they don't want to be judged. I mean, women already judge for being sexual as is. Now you include that. And it's just another layer of, you know, negativity. So I would get messages. I still get messages on a daily basis 
from women who are like, thank you for doing this. I want to try this. Oh, you're the ideal guy. Or I get offers like, oh, I would love for you to join me and my husband or me and my boyfriend. Mm. It's, you know, if, if men can enjoy two women together, why mm. can't women enjoy it just as much or the same, you know? Right. So even though it was surprising to me to, to receive that much uh, praise from women, it wasn't surprising at all. I mean, even right. just from my own personal experiences, I've heard so many times women say, I watch gay porn. I love gay porn. Hmm. You know, so it really opened up a lot in terms of my understanding of people and sexuality and, and really realizing that sexua sexuality and bisexuality is much more prevalent than people think. So on the outside, we view it as not as visible, but it's there. Mm -hmm. And the numbers don't lie. I mean... I've made a very good living off of bi porn. That's not an accident. That's not, you know, a, a one-off. This has been a consistent thing. Even during the pandemic where I wasn't shooting, I was literally still making money, if not more than I was before. <laughs> That's nice. So the, you're telling me that, you know, that doesn't exist? Bullshit. That's great. Is the sex you have in your personal life versus when you're shooting, does it feel very different? Like, does it satisfy your personal sex drive to shoot porn? Or how do you separate those things? Or do you have any energy left to go date when when you're shooting a lot? What's that like? Um, in terms of if uh, porn sex is the same or different from my real life sex, it's actually the same. Because uh -huh. literally... The shoots that I do, just at least my buy content, that is as real as it's going to get. Uh -huh. The only thing that makes it unreal is the fact that there's a camera there. Uh -huh. I'm literally hooking up with two performers and we're just so happy to be shooting it and we're going to make money off of it. Uh -huh. But there's no difference. And then once the camera's off, it's still the same for me. I actually, I appreciate sex so much more now after doing it for so many years because it is a lot of work. It's so hard. And... Studio porn sex is very unappealing for me in a lot of ways. Uh -huh. And so I, when I decided to start shooting content, I said I have to shoot it the way I enjoy to have it in my personal life. So I'm not going to fake it. I'm not going to open up to the camera or anything like that. I just want to have it. And yes, to answer your other question, um, I still have a sex drive even after the fact. Because on a, on a studio set... I'm there for a couple of hours and I'm doing these ridiculous positions and taking pictures and doing all this stuff. After that, I am exhausted. But if I have just sex, like in my house or in their house, we're literally shooting for like anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour of just real sex. I'm probably still going to be horny right after the fact. And that's usually the case. Very few in between where I'm too tired that I don't want to have sex. But I can say the same thing for my personal life where I have sex and, oh, I might not want to have sex afterwards or I'm going to be super horny even afterwards. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so there's not the, there's, for me, there's not that much difference between the content that I shoot in and my personal life. Cool. It actually kind of leads into the next thing I want to talk about, which is like, I think I've seen lately a little little bit more of the blurring of this line between professional and amateur porn. And like, right. there's more opportunities now for amateur content to get out there. There's OnlyFans, like there's other sites like that. 
there's make right. there's like make love not porn which i've been following lately which is just geared toward amateur people putting up their videos and you know making some money off it do you see that line being blurred cuz the way that you're shooting is sort of almost like an amateur aesthetic but professionally done i mean i don't i, I personally think it's amateur there's a, there's nothing professional about it except setting up the shoot uh-huh. I mean, I'm, I, I'm literally just setting up a camera off to the side. I don't have any camera people. I'm, I don't have big, expensive lights or anything like that that's traditional. I mean, amateur porn is basically just putting up a uh-huh. camera to the side or, or maybe having one person recording it and just shooting something that's not scripted. Uh-huh. That's the porn that I enjoy watching. I, don't, I, I much prefer the authenticity of amateur porn because you know that they're doing it for fun. Right. You know, it's like, if anything, you could maybe classify mine as pro-am. Pro-am. I like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pro-am, it's, but I, I truly believe it's, it's amateur. And, you know, I've watched amateur scenes by couples who I might not be physically attracted to, but because they're doing this thing that they want to enjoy and they, and they want to express it with the world, that for me is super hot. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do with my stuff. I don't want, I don't want to ever put a performer and myself in a position where they have to think about what they have to do, where it's uncomfortable. Like I will stop in the middle of a scene if someone is uncomfortable. I'm always literally in real time checking in. Is everything good? Can we keep going? Do it. Anything that'll keep it flowing in a way that's comfortable, I will go f- far beyond uh-huh. to accomplish that. You know, a lot of the times like, uh, I'll even keep like mistakes that happen. Like if somebody bumps their head or there's like any sort of banter in between, I keep that because that's real. Uh-huh. That happens in real life. Right. And why would you take that away? Right. Right. I've found that too with some of the make love, not porn that just like how they talk to each other as they're getting ready is like so interesting. And you never get to, you never used to get to see stuff like that. And it's, it's not only kind of hot, but it's like useful. It's like a good example for people of like what is you know people learn about sex from porn and so why not Absolutely. learn what it's really like and not the fake shit and no and sometimes to, when it's something very serious that needs to be cut up I will cut it out if someone is very adamant oh can you not show that I'll absolutely cut it out uh-huh. you know I, I want to respect that at least right. but for the most part you know if it's fun if it's silly right. and if it's natural you keep it and and to kind of get to your point about how it's the lines are being blurred i feel like now with the platforms that are available yeah anybody can make their own porn they can make their own business they don't have to be dependent on the porn industry as itself you have more liberties to shoot the kind of porn that you want make the money that you want and not have to struggle to to hustle to get the shoots and be confined to only shooting what is expected of you as opposed to something that you want and i think this with the pandemic and particularly during the lockdown it really demonstrated that we are the ones who are in charge because as everything else shut down people can still shoot content like whether they were with a partner or they were by themselves and make money while everybody else were were struggling. And I'm not saying like I'm happy that they were struggling, but it just shows that, you know, we, we sort of flipped the, the script where we said that, oh, 
the porn industry and the studios and everybody else, they're in command, they're in right. charge, and we're at the bottom, when in reality, no. Right. The industry runs on us. Yeah, exactly. So that means we can make demands, we can say what we want to do and what we can't, and, and I'm so grateful that there are these platforms that exist to make that happen. And if it wasn't for this platform, Pornhub, that, the one that I use, I wouldn't have made this sort of comeback or have made an impact in the bi genre. I mean, literally, I owe my success and the success of bisexuality to Pornhub mm -hmm. for making it so accessible to such a huge audience. Yeah. And in terms of like how you went about shooting it and also like the money that you then make from it, is it like, is it better this way? Is it like more direct? You have oh. more control and everything? Oh my God, I, I lose money when I shoot for a studio. Oh, really? There's a, there, absolutely, there's, there's so much that goes into it. It's like, I could be shooting a small clip and making residuals as opposed to being on set for hours, just getting a, a one-time fee. Uh-huh, yeah. So yeah, I, and, and, and then the cost of like getting a test and doing all these things, for that, I am at, I am losing money. Yes, I still have to get a test, but I'm going to make my money back ten times over right. with my own content. Like right now, yeah, I don't have to worry about uh, a studio. I'm not yeah. shooting for any studio whatsoever, and that liberty is, I think, the most rewarding aspect because I'm doing what I want. I'm not jaded, and I determine my own destiny as opposed to before. I it was this sort of teetering between straight and gay and dealing with the politics that just kind of drove me insane. Right. And now I'm like, well, you don't want to hire me. That's fine. Cause I'm shooting my content with people who actually want to have sex with me and want to have this experience and I'm going to make a ton of money. And so are they. Right. So you don't want to hire me by all means you're missing out. I think a lot of, there's more people these days who want to kind of dip their toes into amateur porn, either just for fun, it's exhibitionism, maybe you make a little bit of money. I will admit, like, it has crossed my mind lately, but um, I have not yet dipped my toes in. But I'm thinking <laughs> about it. But, like, do you have advice for those people who don't necessarily want to make it a career, but are interested in trying that out? Yeah, I mean, before I get into that, you, you can't really predict the success that you're about to have. So you have to go into it with expecting that nothing's going to happen, mm -hmm. but also something could happen. And if you're not prepared for it, it can be overwhelming. So expect the unexpected. Um, and, if, and if you're deciding to do it, I just say be as authentic as possible. Shoot the thing that actually interests you as opposed to shooting what you think people are going to enjoy. Mm. People can people can tell when you're into it or not. Mm -hmm. People know when it's you're just doing it for the work. Mm -hmm. Why not shoot the thing that actually fulfills you? You know, whether if you just want to shoot anal, then just shoot anal. And if every time, any time in between, you want to shoot something else because it's fun, then shoot it. But know what it is that you want and and have a, a game plan about what exactly do you want to get from this? Whether it's sex just the thrill of showing yourself off or making money be prepared expect the worst because it's not always going to be pretty it is a lot of work so understand that you know it comes with a lot of responsibility but it can be the most thrilling thing if you make it to be like you determine what that is but at the end of it be true to yourself 
and do the things that you want to do. Good advice. So you mentioned earlier, and I, and I can see how like there's a stigma in the industry of bisexuality that makes it more difficult. Have you also encountered racism in the industry? And how has your race affected your career? Does it intersect with your bisexual identity also? I don't experience racism on the surface because I am Caucasian, mm-hmm. but I'm mixed. So one wouldn't automatically assume that I am something other. Uh-huh. I mean, if you look at my face, you can clearly see that something else is going on, but most people just look at the color of my skin. So I don't experience racism in the way someone who's darker than me would. Uh-huh. Like for instance, no one ever second guesses hiring Wolf Hudson for a scene and saying, oh, you know, we have to meet a quota with having someone of color. Uh-huh. That's never been a thing for me. The only, the, I, I experienced more bigotry because of my sexuality. Uh-huh. But I, I, I have for sure experienced it on in different doses of seeing it from the eye of, oh, I can actually hear what people really think, the things that they wouldn't say to a person of color, uh-huh. to their face. Uh-huh. And I've heard the disgusting nature of that. People saying, oh, I won't have sex with a black man because... You know, they carry diseases or it's just not my thing. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? So much so, like, I will never do an interracial scene. I'm like, oh, really? So I've kept my mouth shut until the very end of the shoot. I was like, well, you just did your first interracial scene. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, you, well, you realize that I'm part black. Oh, is that pause? Like, well, well you're different. <laughs> How so? How am I different? Huh. But it's, but they're looking at skin. And, and I've, I've recognized this and I've, I've made it a, an issue within the past couple of years since I've been back to, to be vocal about that bullshit. I don't tolerate it. I've never tolerated it, but I will never move forward now enabling it. And I never make emphasis of the fact that I'm shooting with people of color. You can see from the thumbnail, I'm shooting with someone of color. Why do I need to you know, verbally express it. Why do I need right. to put BBC, Ebony, right. and all this other stuff when you can clearly see, oh, I'm colorblind. No, you're not. Right. So that's one of my ways of like, I, I'm not going to objectify and glorify. Yes, these are black people. I enjoy having sex with black people, but I'm not going to fetishize right. that they're black people. I'm not going to put the focus that they're black. You can right. see that it's black. Now, and now that you know that there are black people in this scene or, or a brown person, do you want to enjoy it? Because I guarantee you the scene that we just did was hot. If it wasn't hot, I wouldn't put it out. Do you, did you ever find your bisexuality kind of opened you up to all types of experiences? And like, you see... No, I've, I mean, racism... You always were open to everything. Yeah, it's, it's... I mean, I come from a multiracial family. I mean, I have siblings who are darker, like a, a lot darker than me. Uh-huh. And, and aunts and cousins and whatnot. We all... Being Dominican, we're all a different mix. So for me, it, that's what I grew up with. So it, it's not weird <clears throat> to... It's not something that anyone puts emphasis on. Yeah. And so having sex with different races and different cults, people of different cultures and creeds, it's not a, a big deal for me. For me, it's like, well, am I attracted to that person? Are they cool? Do we have chemistry? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when people make such emphasis on it, 
like why right. it's like right. how about you know what this is an awesome human being who happens to be black their blackness is beautiful yeah. and they're a beautiful person that i want to enjoy myself with right you know what i mean right i totally know what you mean because i think like sometimes in porn and in life people put these labels on everything when really like it, it's so things are so similar i mean different people are different and unique and everyone is unique but like you know when i started hooking up with men and women the thing that shocked me was like oh this is pretty similar like it's different because it's a different person but there's nothing sure. fundamentally different about this and like you know i grew up in a in a very white town so my childhood was all experiences with white women, basically, cis white women. But as I expanded that and was with other people, it, it was the same thing. It was less of a big realization because I didn't imagine it would be so different. But but when I'm with people of, of different races or backgrounds, like, it's the same thing. <laughs> They're people. No white, per- no white person is the same. No right, black person right. is the same. It's always a different personality, a different experience. Right. So... Why would you deny yourself of that? Oh, it's not my right. preference. That's not a thing. One does not have a preference. That is something that you acquire in time because you are not born with a preference. You are not born racist. Yeah. You learn to be that. Yeah. The same way that you are taught and programmed, you can deprogram yourself from that. Right. Right. It's, it's not that hard. You have to be you have to want it. And I think it's the same way we're programmed about gender to imagine that that gender is so different and these categories are fixed and it's a very different thing. No, like people are different because people are different, but but gender is very fluid also. You know, I, I think that the powers that be are the ones that have always controlled people's way of life and and the and the people that follow it don't realize that it's all a fucking game. It's all a game. It's all an illusion. Once you see the man behind the curtain, mm-hmm. then you realize, wait a minute, this is all bullshit. I saw it at a very young age. We're like, wait a minute. We're all just like agreeing to all this stuff. Like we're agreeing to money and we're agreeing to like wearing these clothes. Like this is just bullshit. And what I've realized over time is that not everybody thinks that way. And so the fact that I don't subscribe to the convention the fact that I am able to do that, people look up to it. And then there are people who are like, well, how dare you do what everything that we've been told we can't do? Who do you think you are? Yeah. And it's like, you know who I am? I'm my own person. I'm an individual. Sorry that you're a slave to conformity. Come to my side. Trust me, it's beautiful. Yeah, the water is fine. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you here. I think that's a nice place to stop. Thank you for talking about this stuff. I think so many bi guys and women and other bi people are watching this stuff and thinking about it, and, and it's nice to talk about it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for, for having this platform where people can listen and, and get some insight into it. I, I really appreciate you for that. Thank you. Well, keep doing what you're doing and keep paving the way for bi porn. <laughs> I'll be watching. I will. (laughs) Thank you, man. Cool. Thanks, Wolf. Two By Guys is created and hosted by Alex Boyd and me, Rob Cohen. Our logo art was designed by Caitlin Weinman, and our music was composed and created by Ross Mincer. Season 2 is executive produced and edited by me, Rob Cohen, and produced by Alex Boyd and Moxie Pung, with support from IFP. Thanks for listening to Two By Guys.